Hi, listeners. Thanks so much for being here. You're so welcome if it's your first time and welcome back if you've listened before. I'm Jamie. I use he, him pronouns and you're listening to the Proper Falange podcast, that show where I talk about Heartstopper with extra special guests from the UK, Ireland and further afield tonight or today or whenever you happen to be listening. I'm really delighted to welcome back a long term friend of the podcast and fellow Heartstopper super fan psychotherapist extraordinaire i feel like there should be a drum roll m marinelli thank you so oh much em. welcome back what? thank you what an intro oh my goodness that's wonderful i'm so happy to be back thanks for asking me oh you're so welcome people who have listened before might have might remember m from when she joined us to review alice oseman's novella this winter back in december that was a really great episode and this winter is a really special little book you definitely should take a read and have a listen if you haven't yet and um, why don't you introduce yourself for people who sure. can't remember who haven't maybe listened before yeah um so i'm in marinelli and i am I'm, I'm calling in from vermont california i split time between those places um in the u.s um and i use she and they uh, pronouns and i am a psychotherapist and also a professor I teach psychology, I also work with, um, and in my private practice, a lot of LGBTQ plus folks and have for a very long time. And yeah, as Jamie said, like I'm a huge Heartstopper fan and that's like so joyful to always be able to talk about Heartstopper anytime I could possibly do it. What is it you love about Heartstopper? What I love about Heartstopper is that every time I watch it, it feels like I get something different from it and it makes my, um, it makes my insides turn gooey in a great way. <laughs> and I've never encountered a show that makes me feel so warm and fuzzy and gooey like that every single time. And it yeah. also gives me hope, like a lot of hope uh, for like our communities and for the world to be changing and growing and evolving and learning and just getting more familiar with things that maybe make people uncomfortable or that they just don't know about. Um, sure. You know. How about you, Jamie? Why do you love Heartstopper? Oh, I and just why have you created a whole it. podcast about it? <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. I love it so much just for the reasons that you said. It doesn't matter how many times you watch it. Anytime you turn it on, it just makes you feel so good. Like it just makes it so sweet and it's just so lovely and refreshing to see this kind of queer love story play out. But it's so rare that we get to see television that's not just not just queer media but queer media that's just so pure and so wholesome and just so lovely you know it really is like a spoonful of sugar as Mary Poppins might, might say <laughs> <laughs> I love it and the podcast I guess came about because for Heart Supper I wanted to do something a bit different and I love the way that it kind of skims across all these issues and kind of raises awareness of all these things that impact our community but it doesn't really get under the skin of them too deeply yeah. And I thought there was an opportunity to have conversations about some of those themes, which is where I, I got the partners involved and everything else. So yeah, that's the background of the, the podcast. I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you did. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm glad you like it. Did you want to talk about your tattoo podcast, your Twin Peaks podcast? Oh, sh okay, sure. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I host the Twin Peaks Tattoo Podcast, and it's a podcast where I interview people about their ink that they have from 
my favorite cult TV show from the early 90s, Twin Peaks, which is a Lynch, David Lynch show um, that came for a third season in 2017 on Showtime. So I asked people about their tattoos and what it means to them, their relationship to the show, why they picked this anthology of the tattoo that they picked um, and other fun things. We nerd out on theories. I mean, it just goes, (laughs) it goes into lots of different places. Um, And also if I could make a plug, which you can, you know, oh, share sure. if not share but yeah. um, i will plug that um next year i have a book coming out uh, that's called- right congratulations <laughs> called- i think thank it's so you. cool i love thank it. you it's very nerdy uh it's called comfort sequels the psychology of movie sequels from the 80s and 90s and basically what i've done is picked 12 of my favorite movie sequels from that time period really really funny things like gremlins 2 grease 2 karate kid 2 um the never ending story to those things, it, those types of sequels and told stories uh, psychologically uh, about, I sort of analyzed it psychologically, the different yeah. sequels. But also there's each chapter is a little bit of a memoir as well. So I tell stories about my life in relationship to the sequels. So it's not just a psychology book read or um, a memoir read. It's a little bit of both, a little bit of both. Yeah. And I have some celebrity interviews too. So I have really? celebrity interviews. Yeah. With like Christine Ebersol. Um, I have like four interviews from folks who are in Greece too. And it's, it was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a huge Greece too fan. Yeah, for Um, sure. Yeah. So thank you for letting me talk about it. (laughs) It sounds like it's perfect for a podcast series. Like you've got 12 episodes right there and you're 12. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to do an audio book. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, so this is our proper full-on Heartstopper recap before season two launches in August. So far, we've had two episodes. If you've already listened to those episodes, I really, really appreciate it. Our first episode, Yellow is for Queerness, we talk about the yellow and blue colour play throughout the throughout season one with Lee from Carfriend. And on our second recap episode, I met with Barry and Dan from LGBT of Scotland, and we picked out our favourite coming out moments. They're both really, really great episodes. I loved recording them. Well, I, I say they're great, but like, what a compliment to pay yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you should, as you should. They are fabulous. Yes. Oh, I just love them. So yeah, if you've listened, I hope you enjoyed them. If you haven't, you can head back after you listen to this. Thanks for everybody who's reached out and left comments and reviews and stuff. I really appreciate it. I love to hear from people, so please do get in touch and let me know what you think. You can DM me on Instagram at properfullongaypodcast or send me an email to properfullongaypodcast at gmail.com. And if you listen on Spotify, you can actually leave a comment right on your the little player. Um, and we'd also appreciate a five-star review. Five stars, five stars. <laughs> Should we get stuck into today's episode? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, this is re- I've been really looking forward to this one, actually. Today is all about the tree symbolism in Heartstopper and beyond. Um, and we, we're going to talk about our favorite moments that take place underneath trees or around trees, because there's just so many. And I don't think that it's a coincidence. I think that it's all been brilliantly planned by the showrunners. Yeah. It's just lovely the way that they've woven tree symbolism throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you bringing in this topic, it made me think about my relationship to trees. And I was thinking about growing up in Oklahoma and finding shade under like sequoia trees and then living in California. And we have these like majestic redwood trees, right? Like along the coast. And they're so, they're so, they're, they're ancient and, and glorious and like magnificent and smell like so incredible. And, 
you can feel the energy of just like what they have withstood. And so, you know, this topic has made me thought about like, oh, what, how have I been in relationship to trees? And I'm not somebody who, I didn't climb trees when I was a kid, but I definitely, I was a kid who was underneath a tree with a book in my hand, like all the time, you know, like trying to get some, you know, shade from all of the intensity of the sun during the summers, especially. So um, yeah, it made me think about that. And in Vermont now we have like sugar maple trees because it's a big like maple, you know, syrup production place. And so really? just thinking about, yeah, like how trees also are all about like nourishment. And so there's a lot of really cool symbolism in trees. It made me think about that for myself. And yeah, how about for you, Jamie? What's your like, What what was your tree relationship like growing up and now? Oh, I don't think I really had a relationship with trees as a kid. Like I wasn't, I'm definitely not a tree climber. Like I was always too scared or not able to climb them. Like I'm such a rubbish climber. Um, I remember Redwood for the Redwood National Park in um, north of San Francisco along that coast. Yes. Visited whenever I was there um, in the early 2000s. And I just, I just amazed at this, like, it's so hard to explain how huge these trees are, like how wide their trunks are. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. Um, and I love tree symbolism in general, the way that they often represent things like wisdom and strength. I mean, they do, they represent so many things. And I think that, you know, the show, as you said earlier, it's not a coincidence that so many you know, special moments happen in and around and underneath trees. Um, I was thinking about the cartoon leaves that come through Alice's leaves um, and such an iconic part of the show. And I believe that they're oak leaves. I could be wrong on this, but I believe that they're oak leaves. And which is if if they are, you know, oak is such a a symbol of like strength and longevity and durability, um, kind of withstanding the test of time, like friendship and love and just like maturity and everything else. Yeah. And um, and the the connectivity and love as the leaves come through, it's literally part of what makes your heart stop, right? As you're watching oh, it, uh, which is definitely, <laughs> so, so exciting. Yeah, um, definitely. And I hadn't thought about the leaves the whole time that I was thinking about tree symbolism. I hadn't thought uh-huh. about that connection and how it flows through into the animations and how Alice Usman uses those leaves in her graphic novel series as well. So it's like this, right. it's lovely the way that it's all woven through from that inspiration of the leaves and trees and everything else. Just incredible. Absolutely. Um, And I was thinking about, there's a book that I love called The Hidden Lives of Trees, Um, The Hidden Life of Trees, excuse me, by Peter Woolabin. And I'm just going to nerd out about it for a second because I think it's relevant (laughs) because um, he talks about how beech trees in Germany, um, and it shows up in other forests too, but they um, connect to each other through their root systems. And they exchange nutrients through their root systems that way. And if one of the trees starts to get sick or, you know, is not doing well because of weather, the other trees will provide nutrients to that specific tree through their roots. I know. And that is crazy. I know to try to keep it. And so then it's like this interconnectedness in the forest, like ant colonies, right? They support each other to have the fullness of it keep going. And 
not only that, but they it's so he calls it like a social network between the trees um, <laughs> yeah. so that it, it creates sustainability in, in the forest. And it's like the ecosystem whole is greater than the individual tree parts and they talk to each other. And so if there's like an animal coming to eat the leaves, that's going to be detrimental to the tree, the yeah. trees communicate through the leaves and then put some sort of um, something in the leaves to make it to where the animals don't want to eat it. So that yeah, it deters yeah, okay. the animals yeah. away. Like it's the, the level of language and communication. So, okay, thank you for listening to the nerd out moment on the trees because <laughs> how it how for me thinking about it in Heartstopper is about the trees as kind of a true collective, right? They're really yeah. there for each other. And I think about Tao and El and Isaac yeah. as this kind of true collective, you know helping each other's nutrients and in the root system supporting charlie Definitely. right like they're they're all about you know the emergency charlie situation like we're all gonna come <laughs> together if yes. someone's having a hard time and like yeah. rally and this is what you know and to kind of create this like canopy of protection and i think that you know my, in my experience too this is what like queers do for each other that we come together and we do that we like give each other what we need to know in our root systems in order to survive and so that we all thrive. Um, and oh, I love that so, yeah. so much. I love that so much. And that emergency Charlie situation is like one of my favorite <laughs> moments of the show. Tao has a, a really interesting story arc, but mm -hmm. I love how deep down, even though it doesn't always come to come across, he just has so much love for Charlie and for everybody else, yeah. you know. He does. He's a he's a true protector too, like Nick. He really Definitely. is. Definitely. Yeah. And, and it comes way. out sideways. Yeah. It comes yeah. out in, in funny <laughs> ways sometimes. But he really does mean well and wants to be, you know, wants to be that person, wants to be part of that system, the root oh, system. Definitely. Definitely. Should we talk about our first moment? The first moment that we've picked out. Yeah. The first moment that I picked out is one of the most iconic trees of them all, I think, in Heartstopper. It's the tree that's in the corner of Mr. J's art room where Charlie often sits to eat his lunch on the floor with the cupboard shielding him from either side. And the branches grow, grow out from underneath him and up around him and they spread across the windows. Should we have a listen to one of the conversations that takes place? Yeah, absolutely. It's quite a while since you've hidden in here at lunch. I'm not hiding. Then what are you doing? Eating lunch. Oh, right. So everything's okay? There's no bullies I need to sort out again? No. Everything's fine. Actually, there is kind of someone. A bully? I've... I've got a boyfriend. Oh, well. Congratulations. No. It's... Okay. I don't even know if... I don't think he even thinks we're boyfriends anyway. He ignores me sometimes. He doesn't even like people seeing us talk to each other in the corridors. He pretends like he doesn't know who I am. But then when it's just us two, he's fine. Well, have you talked to him about how that makes you feel? I just love the relationship that Charlie has with Mr. Ajay. It's so nice. Yeah. It's really great the way that he his art room has turned into Charlie's safe space. Um, it's somewhere that he retreated to whenever he was being bullied. And it, um, he has this tree, this place of safety where he's nestled almost in its roots and wrapped up in its branches. It's just lovely. 
The tree is absolutely holding him, you know, as, as the way that the art yeah. is holding him and the teacher's holding him and he needs that, that space. And it made me think about in high school when, when I was experiencing some bullying, how I found a classroom with um, my high school English teacher. Actually, it was a husband and wife and they were both English teachers and they were queer allies because they had a queer child. Yeah. And I would go there during lunch and hang out with them or read or whatever. And it made me think about that as how important it is for young people to have those spaces, especially during their, you know, days at school when it feels like they can't leave. Right. But they don't yeah, feel that's comfortable right. or safe being there. Like, where can they go and where can they be? Um, and they can be there. You can be in this beautiful art room with this tree that's like this hand-painted beautiful colors with with yellow and blue leaves like and other colors but there's yellow and blue leaves and I'm like oh yeah. he's sitting in that you know sort of yellow is queerness like your last episode spaciousness of how mm. to how to be in that and exist in that when there's all of these other also colors he's contending with including blue you know the representations of blue yeah definitely definitely I think in this moment the symbolism of this tree and of this moment is really Charlie's growth. His friendship with Nick in that first episode of the season has really helped him to understand his relationship with Ben. Yes. Um, and that he just, he's come to realize that his relationship isn't quite right. And he's come to Mr. Jay, his source of knowledge and his source of wisdom when it comes to like queer issues and uh, yeah, to ask for his advice and his support. Yeah. And that's the like intergenerational part of right. The, the tree and the roots, the roots there are also kind of the intergenerational queerness of the teacher. right? Yes. Who's, yes. who's like, yeah, listen, I'm holding you and I'm holding you in all these ways, including, Hmm, you've been bullied before. Hmm. Who is this? boyfriend you should talk what's going on right yeah. and, then, and then later when he comes but to ask him about how do I stop liking a straight guy he's like a question for the ages like <laughs> we've been there you know it's like okay but, but that's the the wisdom that also you know that he's holding too definitely um, definitely mm -hmm. whenever I was writing up the notes for this because I always thought of it as Charlie's tree like this is where Charlie <laughs> sits a lot of the time like we see Charlie engage with this tree but it's actually Mr. Jay's tree he's the creator of the tree like he <laughs> yeah. created it in the art room with all of his students all of these young men at Trium created this tree together that's right so yeah the tree bears witness to lots of different milestones during the show I know we're probably going to touch on it a bit later on too we are yeah Mm -hmm. Should we move on to our next moment? Sure. The next moment in episode one is when Nick notices how fast a runner Charlie is and he approaches Charlie at the locker, at his locker. Um, it's a really, really cute cutaway and our attention is called to Nick's blazer where the little crest, um, the spades turn into pink hearts. Should we take a listen to this one? <laughs> I love this montage. It's so good. Me too. Me too. So um, I had something I wanted to ask you. Charlie... I wanted to tell you that I'm gay too, and I'm in love with you. Do you want to go out with me? I want to be with you forever. Do you want to join the rugby team? It's so funny. I just love that moment. It's so good. It's so good. I love how the, the producers right in that moment are almost calling our attention to the tree on Nick's blazer. They're like, look at the tree. You know what I mean? It's it's really good. And then, of course, as the series progresses, the tree on their blazer grows and changes as the characters grow and change. 
Jamie, that is genius. I never noticed that. And I was blown away when you, you know, sent me that those notes and with the pictures of the of the blazer and the tree growing. It's yeah. incredible that that attention to detail there that you brought in. It's it's great. really good. I can't I can't claim credit for it, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm giving you credit for it. You deserve it. It's great. But it's it is good. it's such a lovely detail that they built into the shoe. I love these little extra touches. Like nobody would have noticed if that detail wasn't there. You know, it just it adds so much and it just creates this really rich experience for viewers, mm -hmm. doesn't it? That you can pick up all yeah. these little details. But yeah, I yeah. love I love that moment too. And the way that it that the tree does grow with the characters, the tree on their blazer grows with the way that they do it as they as the season progresses. It's just a lovely moment. Yeah, them growing, but also I, I kind of read it as their love, like love growing and, you know, yes. that sort of like, and, and yeah, between between sure. like Nick and Charlie, obviously, because they're a true, but also between Elle and Tao, between Tara yeah. and Darcy, like I just, it's all about like that evolution of their relationships and deepening of their relationships over the course of the show. Definitely, um, and, definitely. you know, and also like marking the passage of time through the end of the term, you know, it's like there's, there's the seasonal aspect yeah, too. That's right. Um, and and I just love that pink fantasy montage. <laughs> like I just I just love it. It's like it's like okay, it's yeah, so Charlie's good. full in. Like Charlie's full in. There's no question. <laughs> he wants to be with Nick. Like we know this now. And yeah. you know, it's it's kind of like in it and it made me think about like times when maybe I've done something like there was a time I had a crush on a girl when I was in high school and I listened to heavy metal music because she loved that and I didn't want to do it, but I did it. And it and of course. Charlie's choice to be in rugby is totally different oh, because he's putting himself at risk. But I thought about like, oh, the things we do yeah. for crushes, you know, it's like, so and funny. that's like, <laughs> um, and I'll just call out that um, this, after the scene, um, Isaac and Tao express their concerns about Charlie joining the rugby team. And that's also under a tree outside soon after. So it's kind of this, you know, protection that they're doing of like, is it going to be safe? Are we, you know, is this a safe choice, Charlie? And it's like, yeah, turns out it wasn't sure. totally a safe choice, but, you know, are you okay with this very out of character choice that you're about to make for yeah. the lad? But they you check know. in with them. I love that they too. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things about Charlie joining the rugby team is, I, I can't remember if it's in episode one or episode two, but you get like the rugby montage where it starts oh, yeah. off and Charlie is like standing off to the side and he's not really getting involved. And it ends with the rugby team like really celebrating him, like they really yeah. accept him into the team for the most part. They I know did. there's a couple of um, there's a couple of people that maybe aren't as friendly, but for the most part, he's accepted and they celebrate with him whenever he has these milestones. You know, it's really lovely to watch in a way. It is, yeah. And he worked so hard to get there too. Like we see him, like Definitely. you know, hitting these. <laughs> listen to me trying to say what it, I don't even know what he's doing. I don't know anything about rugby. I'm like, oh, he's. <laughs> hitting things and falling over I don't know yeah. what he's doing but he's he's <laughs> he's determined yeah definitely definitely should we chat about the next moment sure we're gonna skip ahead to episode four and this is when it, it happens just after Charlie and Nick kiss for the first time and they meet for lunch again in Mr. Jay's classroom sitting at the desk in the corner under Charlie's tree let's have a listen you sure your friends don't mind you ditching them to eat lunch with me nah they can deal with it. Clearly, I need to be here to get tips on how to be good at rugby. Oh, really? So that's what this is actually all about, then? Maybe. <laughs> Feels nice to be able to ditch my friends for once. All they want to do at lunch is just sit on the field and chuck stuff at people. Chuck stuff? 
Yeah, mainly Harry. He's an idiot. My friends are nothing like you. Are we even allowed in there? Yeah, I used to come in here a lot last year. Like when the bullying was really bad. Mr. Ajayi was the only teacher who really cared that much. Well, he was giving me evils before you got here. He must have thought you were Ben. I really love this scene. It's so sweet. It really is lovely. It's so, so sweet. They're like joking and excited to be together, even if it's in this private place. It's like they're yeah. putting hands under the table and just, yeah. you know, they're able to be because, again, they're by the tree, right? They're in the art room. They're in that That's safe right. haven. They're in protection. They're right there. And it's okay. And in this moment, we feel their love and their excitement. But also, I can really feel into Nick's sort of pain of keeping the secret and oh, definitely not, it, it just being so hard and he can't reconcile with keeping the secret and also being in that oh that you know exploration of his own sexuality at the same time and i think it's painful i think maybe he feels like some shame or guilt about having to definitely. be the secret again like ben yeah um but i don't know that it could be really any other way at this point in nick's journey you know he's he's in his process and we don't want to force anyone in their process they're in the process right no i know you're absolutely right and i think he's keenly aware of the impact that 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 it's having on charlie mm-hmm. you know he knows charlie quite well and what happened between charlie and ben he can see the impact that that had and he feels like he's going to cause that kind of pain too of course it's totally mm-hmm. different situations totally it different yeah. but yeah it shows a great level of emotional awareness i guess this emotional intelligence from nick it feels really significant to you that he that that Charlie's brought him into this space. Like this is his safe space. He never mm-hmm. brought Ben here. This is a place where he retreats to get away from everybody, and he's allowed Nick in. Another signal of how how much Nick is starting to mean to Charlie and how much he trusts him. Oh yeah, I love that read. I think that's absolutely right. I, I do, and and I think when Charlie is then telling him about but being bullied and really like speaking about it in a way that he hasn't before there is this deep deepening between the two of them you know he's confiding in a new way i think nick had some maybe awareness but i don't know again if he really understood the impact until this moment when they're in in the tree getting you know being held by the energy and the spirit of the tree and the wisdom of it um and you know i think you know what this brings up for me is just the importance of being able to speak about things like being bullied and how hard that is to do. And, you know, Charlie's really starting to do this more and bring people into his experience because he spent so long not, right? Mr. Jai says, it took you however long, I forgot what he says, months to tell me, you know, about it. And here he is. Oh, this is what happened to me. He's bringing Nick in. And they're still pretty early on in their relationship too. So I'm like, get it, Charlie, that's great. (laughs) I'm like, that's so good. You know, you're talking about, it's hard to talk about. Yeah. For sure. And even just building that kind of trust with Nick so early in the relationship too, after being hurt previously, it's it takes a lot of courage to kind of open up like that and to share these parts of yourself, you know, definitely. Yes. I love it. And I love how the tree is just kind of there in the background in these really great moments. The trees are just there in the background, like <laughs> providing strength and almost watching it take place. They're bearing witness to these great moments. Um, I just love it. Me too. Should we talk about the next bit? Yeah. So the next moment is in episode five. It's I love this moment between Nick and Imogen after Charlie's birthday party. It's so well done. Um, Nick waits for Imogen on the bench, framed in between two trees. Let's listen in to their conversation. 
Do you ever feel like you're only doing things because everyone else is? And you're scared to change? Or do something that might confuse or surprise people? Your real personality has been like buried inside you for a really long time. I guess um, that's how I've been feeling recently. Sorry, that probably makes no sense. No. I think I get it. Thanks. For being honest. I just love that moment so much. So hard for it's Imogen. So I mean, it's it's like the sweetest rejection I've yeah. ever seen, right? It's like it's yeah. um it's so respectful and thoughtful and considered. Yes. And that he's really and that he's talking about himself, right? Not like anything about her, like it's about his process and what he's going through. I do think it's kind of a little bit coded. Like when she's like, she's like, I think I understand. I'm like, that's kind of hard to understand. (laughs) He's not really fully (laughs) saying what's going on, but he's saying enough to where he's communicating. I'm I'm struggling and I'm not I don't feel like myself and I, I have to be myself somehow. Yeah. For sure. And if you think about the kind of journey that he's been on over the past few episodes, he's really taking a bit of time to reflect on who he is and the things that are important to him. And through his relationship with Charlie and meeting Charlie's friends and being welcomed by that group of friends at at, um, the bowling alley, he's really starting to understand the impact that him and his friends have on people. You know, there were those moments with Tao when Tao gets hit by the rugby ball and all these different things. He can really see the impact that Harry and everybody else has. And he's starting to realize that actually he doesn't really fit into that that kind of friendship group anymore. Yeah. And that he's lived his life whole life so far, like in this group, in this way and not really thought any differently about it. Right. And so this this moment with Charlie and his sexuality is asking these big kind of identity questions. And in this scene, there's two trees on either side of the bench that they're sitting on. And I'm imagining they're sharing roots. They're sharing roots. <laughs> and I'm thinking about Nick and Imogene uh, kind of standing on either side of the bench, but sharing these roots around questions of identity. Because, you know, Nick's in this, who am I? What are my values? Am I bi, queer, something? And I think Imogene's on a similar journey of who am I? What am I looking for? Definitely. Am I going to be defined by this rugby lad that I date in a cool group of people or like, who am I? I'm excited to see like her character journey in season two. I have a good, really good feeling about it. I have no basis for it, but I'm just like, I'm like, she's going to something. And, but so I feel like they're in this parallel process of who am I questions, identity questions on these two standing trees on either side of the bench with shared soil and roots going, huh, we're on a journey to figure this out together. And and this scene is so loving and sweet. And, you know, he brings Nellie and they're petting the dog. So yes, there's this like sweet so dog good. energy there. Yeah. And and I just feel like, you know, okay, we are we we are going to be connected. Our roots are connected. But they're as friends, not as romantic people. 
partners. Definitely, definitely. And I love that you said that about the two trees. It reminded me of the moment at the rugby match when Charlie gets injured and Nick is standing. You see Nick from behind. Charlie's on the ground in front of him. And on either side, you've got Charlie's friends on one side and Nick's friends on the other side. And it's almost like the trees represent a similar thing here where he's... He's got Charlie and his future on one side and his friends on the other side. It's just, I love it. It's great. Oh, that's genius. I love that you brought that in. Well done. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Let's move on to the next bit. This is another really favorite part of mine. This is episode six when Nick and Charlie, I think, are in the same park. I think it's the same park that it's shot in. Let's take a listen to what they chat about. I had a question. Yeah. I just wondered, like, how did you realize you were gay? Oh, uh, I guess I've always been sort of aware of it. Even when I was really young. I didn't understand it at the time, but it's always been boys. I'm guessing you didn't feel the same when you were little. Well, no. I don't know what I am. You don't have to figure it out right now. I didn't just wake up one day like, oh, look, guess I'm gay now. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry for being all confused. I thought I was the one who said sorry too much. Oi. I just love that moment so much. This whole scene is just fantastic. It's such a good watch. And it's so nice to see Nick open up to Charlie and lean on him. Like he's leaning on Charlie here. He's so supportive, like Charlie's so supportive. And, you know, it really does make a big difference for people to be able to talk these things through and and express how they feel with somebody who kind of understands. Absolutely. And that there's no... You know, I think Nick is feeling that pressure to have it all figured out. You know, Nick is this kind of, he's the guy who's like got it all together, right? He's the captain of the team. He's, I'm imagining like getting a great, like he's got it all figured out, but this is something that he hasn't gotten all figured out. It's not wrapped up in a bow yet. So it's overwhelming and he's feeling bad about it. And it's like nothing to feel bad about, right? Charlie's like, it's okay. You don't need to. And I think that's such an important like one of the many beautiful important lessons of the show is like you everybody's on their own journey it doesn't matter it's okay you take your time exactly you just don't you just exactly. don't act terrible like ben you just you know don't behave inappropriately <laughs> right like you just yeah. you know but but you take your own time and you're on your own journey and there's no reason to be sorry and um and the trees here are just there like holding them and it made me think about this um it made me think about like times when I've had to have like hard talks with people and Mm. how, you know, taking a walk and sitting by a tree, like trees can kind of hold challenging or difficult conversations, topics, thinking things through. It's like a place of serenity and contemplation. And I think that's maybe some of how that's playing out here is they're laying on this sweet blanket on a fall day. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I love that. I had considered whether there was any symbolism in the fact that they're lying next to a tree that has been cut down almost and whether that may be linked to the, you know, the journey that Nick's on and embracing his queerness. And, you know, sometimes whenever people go through that, it feels like a little part of them they're leaving behind and, you know, too. So I thought maybe that represented that, but 
I don't know. Oh, I oh I love that take. Yeah, almost like there's a tumbling down, right? There's a yeah. there's a kind of there's almost like a something that has to be yeah that that gets that gets released or put down or laid down to then you know regenerate or regrow, exactly. right? And that's, that's such a really I love that. Yeah. Ah, the details that you have, Jamie. Fantastic. (laughs) And in the next few scenes, we see he goes home, he watches his bisexual YouTuber, and he takes a bit more time to reflect and and really appreciate what's happening. Um, Mm -hmm. Later in the same scene, Charlie suggests a kiss, and Nick gets spooked by people walking close by. Let's take a listen. Do you want a kiss? Would that help? Wow. Just a suggestion. Wow. Well, if you're not interested, okay. just... hang on. It's a good suggestion. Sorry. Don't be sorry. One of my favorite Julok moments, like Julok is acting that beautifully. It was so well done. I just love that moment so much. And per Nick, it's so hard. It's so hard. It really comes across that that conflict that he feels that he just, yeah, he wanted to kiss Charlie, but he just got spooked. Yeah, he he did. And in this scene, I know his acting is incredible. Um, in this scene, I think that Nick is having a very natural response to being out in public in a homophobic world and having this be your first time that you're, you know, kissing, it's very legitimate fears about what could happen. Right. Um, So it's like, it's his own discomfort or sort of confusion, but also a a very natural response to his environment. Um, And, you know, I thought I was, it made me think about kissing a girl for the first time in public in Oklahoma. And I was terrified Right? Yeah. I was terrified about what, as a as a young person, what the implications of that could be and the safety of that could be. Um, and so I just have a lot of compassion for these fears and trepidations that Nick is going Definitely. through and the confusion. Yeah. Definitely. It's still something that you, like I think twice about in Belfast. Like if I'm out in Belfast with somebody, you do kind of take a look around and think, you know, is it is it going to be okay? Like, uh, will, it be, right. will we be safe? You know, you even ask that of yourself now. So for a 15-year-old, who's just experiencing these things for the first time, I can definitely put myself in Nick's place and, and empathize with them. Absolutely. And again, just he apologizes for it. And it's just a wee bit heartbreaking. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you just want to wrap him up. You know, it's yeah. really good. It's a lovely moment. It is. And we're going to stay in the park. We're going to stay in this park. It's like the place mm-hmm. of so many iconic moments. So we jump forward to episode seven. And this time it's Tao and L, a Tao and L moment. Tao has been reflecting and he's realized that picking on Harry or Harry picking on him, sorry, and Charlie might be his fault. Let's have a listen. I think it was my fault. What was? Harry picking on me and Charlie. I knew this would happen. I can handle it because I can stick up for myself, but Charlie can't. So I've been, like, fighting back. Fighting? Verbally fighting back. You know that would just make you both a target. Yeah, well, I can see that now. I just kept thinking about how bad it was for Charlie last year. I just made things worse. 
the way that Elle is so like upfront with them and is like, she really holds him to account. She's like, what are you doing? You know that that's a bad idea. It's <laughs> <She laughs> you know, really, really, really good. Can be hard when you're like on somebody like Harry, when you get on their radar, that can be really tough. It can be really, really tough. I, I actually was always loving Tao's kind of verbal fighting back. Yeah, uh, you know, I, is, I don't know. I, it, I, I think it's good to, you know, if, I think it felt empowering and then it, maybe at some point it didn't and it caused more potential pain. Also, Tao doesn't know, of course, that Nick and Charlie are together. So there's also this part. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I think it, it, it was his finding back was like not violent or abusive, but it kind of let Harry know, hey, this isn't OK and you need to stop. And I think Definitely. a lot of times we're like we're silenced by bullies like Harry. And so it's a way of finding back. And Tao's, like we said earlier, Tao's heart is always in the right place. Like yeah, Tao really right. wants to be protective of Charlie and to do the right thing. And it, it just doesn't always work out. For sure. I think that whenever he starts to strike a nerve with Harry, like a couple of his comebacks really land and they hurt Harry, you know? They do, yeah. <laughs> and that's where it gets quite heated and Harry gets even more defensive. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard. But in this moment, we see that Tao has reflected. He's reflected mm -hmm. on his behavior and he's able to yeah. stand up and say, actually, I, d I, haven't, I haven't been doing the right thing. You know, <laughs> I've made things worse. And for a a person of Tao's age to be able to do that, to reflect inside and then to verbalize it with a friend and to sit and say, you know, I made a mistake. It's like such a huge thing. Like it's so it's huge. A huge it's, it's a huge, huge. thing. Mm -hmm. And even later when he makes up with Charlie, you know, he, he, he says to Nick something like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let him like be in pain a little bit longer and then I'm gonna go. But he, he knows, oh, oh, I'm gonna come back. This is my family. This is yeah. my this is my canopy, my forest canopy, and my and I'm gonna come back together. I'm not gonna just stay For in my sure. little isolated islands because it doesn't help me, it doesn't help anybody else. For sure, for sure. I do love that moment when they're at the table and they're talking. Like I think um Nick tells him that he should try rugby, you know, for his aggression. That's, that's a great idea <laughs> it's such a it's such a good moment and yeah Tao says he's he's gonna stay pissed off for a bit longer it's like it's his choice he's like this defiant <laughs> this defiant ally who's just gonna be pissed off for a bit longer and then he'll be okay <laughs> yes yeah totally Tao's had a really hard time he's had a lot of loss you know like he has. and I think change is really hard for him in the show and in his arc but he does he catches up he he does get there yes, but it's that's right it's really it's hard and you know change is hard for teenagers but it's also it's hard for adult i it's hard for me change is hard yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know and when i feel like i'm losing people and i'm losing my canopy uh, my forest canopy it's like it's it's tricky people move away things change uh, friendships shift you know, it this is, is scary stuff. Yeah, it's tough, especially because there's such a close knit group of friends. You know, it was it was Isaac and Charlie and Tao and Elle, and it was them at Trium together, their own little community. And then Elle leaves, and he loses his best friend. That's hard. Like that's so hard, so hard. Mm -hmm. But it's in a way, it's like he has to get this moment in his story arc where he can make peace with everything that's happened with Charlie and and Harry so that he can see what's happening with Elle at the next point uh -huh. in the story art. So it's like, this is kind of drawing this, well, it doesn't really draw it to a close because there's a big fight in the next episode. There is, oh, yes. <laughs> Almost. And then he can focus Things on Elle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, we're going to stick with um, Tao and Elle for the next point too. We're going to jump ahead to episode eight. And this is when they're in 
they leave sports day to run off and explore the school together and they end up um in mr Shea's art room under mr Shea's tree let's have a listen Is it awful being at home without me? Yes. <laughs> Everything's awful without you. I'm okay now. I promise. I was going to tell you something. What? You've got the wrong team's face paint on. Oh, that's Charlie's fault for swapping bibs with me. Just wipe the face paint off. Uh, ow. <laughs> okay, it's not coming off. <laughs> Just another one of those really lovely moments. So lovely, so lovely. I love it so much. In front of Mr. Jay's tree again, there are lovebirds on the table, little cutouts of lovebirds. I love the detail with the, the little animations where L, when it comes to L and Tao, it's like butterflies instead of leaves. It's just yeah. such a lovely touch. Such a yeah, lovely and, touch. And little stars too, right? Like yes, stars. That's right. And then there's one that one little heart that goes. I think maybe when they're walking <laughs> by the water. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this good. Is, I mean, this is like a joyful queer dream. This scene, and I just it's yeah. it, you know watching it, you're like, oh, there's so much. Their acting is incredible. There's so much intimacy and energy between the two of them, and it's also torturous because it's like, oh, yes. are you gonna kiss? Please, please kiss. I know. <laughs> it's this is so perfect. True. You know. Yeah. Um, you can just cut the tension with a knife, and I, I love but it. it's this moment of like. Yes, under the protection of the tree that they're like, uh, oh, they, they've got the feels. Tao's got the feels. Els had the feels. Tao's got the feels. Like he's catching up. Like this is an important part of his story arc. Definitely, definitely. And when I was preparing for this episode, I realized that the color that's painted on Tao's cheek is blue. And El rubs it off and tells him that he's wearing the wrong team's color. He should be wearing yellow because yellow is for queerness. <laughs> I didn't even notice whenever I did that episode, but yeah, she she rubs his face and she's like, "You're wearing the wrong team's color," and he is because he should be wearing yellow. He should be, but he can't. She couldn't get it off, right? It got stuck on. So Not maybe. Quite. Oh yeah, He's only so maybe, halfway there. So this is the start of their story arc. <laughs> it's perfect. I can't wait for season two in this regard, you know. But but I see that you know this is such a healing moment for them. Tao saying, I'm okay. I'm pro I promise. I you know, love uh, that. Yeah. I love that. She, Cause she's worried about him. You know, she's worried about him and he's worried about himself. Like I'm not, I haven't been doing well. And for Elle, she's back at her old school, which I imagine is like the, probably the site of a lot of her trauma, right. And transphobia that she experienced yeah. there. And she's okay there. There's healing there too. In that moment with them Definitely. under the tree. She's going to look at her old locker, just like hanging yeah, out there. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I love that kind of the journey that she takes, specifically on this day. Like whenever she arrives with Tara and Darcy, she's a little apprehensive. 
Mm-hmm. There's this really lovely moment as they walk into the school together and um, from entering the school and feeling a little bit nervous and apprehensive to a point where she's running around the school, exploring and rediscovering the places that she used to be, like her locker in these classrooms. It's just really lovely. It's really mm-hmm. lovely that we end on such like a positive note for her that it coming back to Trium wasn't as horrible as she maybe thought it might be. Yeah, I think it's really reparative for her to be there um, during Definitely. that time and to be there with Tao, especially. It's, and I think this, you know, the 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 art room and the tree there is like this, yeah, this queer and trans safe space for them, um, except of course for Tao's inability to render landscapes at all. <laughs> <in> his... <laughs> yeah, but other than that, it's a very safe I and wonderful it. place for them. <laughs> But the, the his painting is so cute. It's just lovely. They're all it's sitting really... under the tree together. And there's and another lovely. tree, right? And there they all are. Oh my like, goodness! That's this yes. family. They're mm-hmm. under a tree in his picture they're too. Under a tree. I love yeah. it. So they're being held it. even in his art, right? Yeah. Yes. It's not not so much the shoe potato, but in this particular <laughs> edition, there they are. That's his family being held in a tree. Yeah, I forgot about the shoe potato. It's so funny. It's so funny. There's so many good moments in this show. I swear to God, there's so much. I know. Yeah, great. I've lost my notes. <laughs> okay, so I love that moment. Again, Mr. Jay's art room. It's like this little nexus of queer joy. Like he's created this space with his tree and it's just this little nexus of queer joy. It's just great. It's lovely. Our last moment is Nick and Charlie. Of course, we couldn't not talk about Nick and Charlie. Um in the hallway in episode eight so after charlie tries to break up with nick the day before he's been avoiding nick for the whole of sports day and during the rugby match nick spots him and he runs over takes charlie by the hand and leads him back into the school they are in a hallway and above them the sun shines through a stained glass window with a picture of a tree on it so this isn't a real tree it's another kind of artistic interpretation of a tree let's have a listen to this moment i don't want to break up I know people have hurt you, and you feel like I'd be better off without you, but I need you to know that my life is way better because I met you. You don't have to say that. I do, and I'll keep on saying it until you believe me. I don't care about getting into fights or pissing off my mates or anything like that. It's all worth it to be with you. I mean, you are the kindest, most thoughtful and caring and an amazing person in the whole world and if you really want to break up then I would respect your decision but I want us to be together Nick you're my favourite person Nick I need you to believe me Nick I believe you oh such a powerful moment you know I've seen this show I've seen this show almost in the I mean, almost in the hundreds, let's say <laughs> how many times I've watched it. I mean, I'm just going to be real people listening to this podcast, get it. Um, yeah. And uh, every time I get emotional hearing that speech from Nick, because it's the most loving and <clears throat> honest and real um, declaration. And, it really you know, is. and it's not about, there's nothing manipulative about it. It's yes. all about, I just need you to know, this is how I feel. This is what I would yeah. like. But he's giving Charlie agency to make the decision, right? He's not he's not That's saying anything right. to try to sort of like, yeah, manipulate him back in. He's just saying, this is where I am. Please come join me. And then, of course, Charlie's like, oh all about it oh, <laughs> but, so but cute. that declaration is so important because it's like the scene with Imogene earlier 
it's it's Nick talking from his perspective and saying his experience and not doing anything else, just that, you know. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so affirming for Charlie. It's almost exactly mm-hmm. what he needs to hear. I just, I love it. Even if he doesn't quite believe it in this moment, I'm sure he will come to believe it in time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We see the window at the beginning and then again between them, the pinks and the yellows kind of come in between the two of them as they start to kiss. And then okay. when they start kissing, the stained glass comes more into view. And then the song comes in and the song is starts with winter, spring, summer, fall. I'm not going to sing it because I don't sing, but winter, spring, summer, fall. I and didn't it just notice. Well, about the passage of time and sort of like more into tree symbology, right? Like there yes. is that beautiful thing behind them. And then there we are in seasons. And um, I, I think this moment is also about transparency. We're seeing both in and out um, and, and they're getting more transparent about their love, their feelings for each other and about their love for each other. So there's this kind of transparency between the outside world and the inside world between them. <laughs> yes, I love that you said Thoughts. that. And that's why it's so significant that it's a piece of stained glass that you can see through, right? It's exactly. You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> I love that you brought that. It's so good. Yes, it's so good. And well, they were our top. They were our top moments under trees. They were our top moments under trees. I just Mm -hmm. love all of them. There's so many to talk about. We could have picked another five, but um, yeah. What was your favorite thing? Like if you could sum up in one thing, what was your favorite thing about Heartstopper in season one? Tough question, I know. My favorite scene. Yes, let's do that. My favorite scene is the, the rain kiss. And... It's the energy of Shura's song in the background. It's the blue and gold and yellow yes. umbrella that's holding yeah. their their sort of queer experiences and sexuality at the time. Um, it's something about Charlie being able to make a declaration and do mm. it so boldly. I see him sometimes as a character that will collapse, you know, and sort of not do what he wants to do, go along with what other people wants to do, like that he's really taking agency to say, oh, I'm running in the rain and I'm going to come and find you and I'm going to yeah. look around make sure we're okay <laughs> and then I'm going to kiss you. It's such a beautiful I moment for her. Charlie and such a moment for Nick to reaffirm, oh man, I really do, I really do have a feeling and it makes my heart stop every time. <laughs> it is so good. It's so good. It's, in a way, that moment is almost like their first really, it's their first really positive kiss because if you think about their first kiss and how that happened between Nick and Charlie at Harry's party it was so bittersweet like we were so ready for them to for that moment they built so much intention into it but it was such a bittersweet moment for Charlie when Nick gets called away and he fears the fears the worst and then the next day in the bedroom when Nick kisses Charlie for the second time in a way to kind of interrupt his thoughts around his apology for what happened again that's bittersweet it's not really like it was yeah it's kind of in this highly emotional moment so that kiss in the rain is like their first really joyous quick kiss oh you're so right about that yes you're so right about that yeah how about for you what's your favorite heartstopper moment i i love them all i love them all there was this really funny there's this really funny review on apple podcast i just figured out how to read the reviews on apple podcast i swear to god after a year i just figured (laughs) out i can get in to read the reviews and there's this really funny one about how i always say that every character is my favorite and it's so true because they're all my favorite character (laughs) i love all of the scenes i love all the scenes but i love their first kiss up in harry's party because it's it's such an emotionally charged moment and it's such a complex plot point for nick and charlie where 
you know we've been we've been really pining for this moment for such a long time and it would have been really easy for the producers to give us like a dessert sized serving of a really loving first kiss experience but actually they made it into this really complex plot point which with these highly emotion or the, a highly charged emotional scene and um, all those complexities that queer relationships often have, you know, all well, not just queer relationships, all relationships. All relationships, yeah. You know, so I really, really loved that moment. But I think equal to that would be the moment with Tao and Elle in Mr. Jay's art room where Tao is starting to realize that he um, has feelings for Elle. I just think it's it's a really, really great moment. And I love the hope that that brings for season two. You know, yeah. like we're going to get to see this relationship blossom, hopefully. Um, so, so, yeah, I love I love that moment as well. What are you looking forward to the most in season two? Oh, my gosh. So many that there is a picture that dropped with them in a movie theater with big old popcorn sitting next to each other. Did you yes, see it? With Tao I and Elle. I'm so like, funny. I can't wait to see them go to the movies and the maybe have a date. popcorn was giant. Oh, it was I know. I was like, oh, finally. Popcorn. I know. I'm like, finally a, a popcorn size I can get behind. I always need more popcorn. <laughs> like, I always need more than just even what the large oh, tubs can funny. do. So, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait for that. I'm also really interested to see how they might handle, you know, and, and probably must handle Charlie's disordered eating and that yeah. relationship as it as it comes in with Nick. And um, and I just want to see them in Paris. I can't wait. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. You know, like, let's have a little, let's have a little spin the bottle game in Paris. I can't, let's, uh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, with, um, with Darcy getting all liquored up. I can't, it's going to yeah. be, oh, so yeah. <laughs> be so good. It's going to be so good. Yeah. What are you looking forward to in season two? I actually think that season two is going to be a little different. We're going to see Charlie have a slightly different story arc and Nick too. If we think about Nick's homophobic brother, his relationship with his father, yeah. I can't wait nice. to see how that's explored and brought into yes. things. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got so much. There's so much to look forward to. How they're going to squeeze it into eight episodes, I don't know. I just, I really can't wait. It's going to be so good. So good. Is there anything else that we should talk about before we wrap up? Oh my goodness. I mean, I could, I could talk about Heart Supper for years, but <laughs> no, I, I think <laughs> I've really enjoyed thinking about and, and, and going into trees and connectivity and strength and wisdom and all of the things that, that, you know, come with, that come with thinking about the role of trees in safety and protection and inter interconnectedness and it really shows up and even in, in things we haven't talked about yet in the show oh definitely i love i love the whole thing about their roots beneath the surface like that they they join up with roots their roots join together and they talk to each other and share nutrients with each other like that's yeah. such a it's just a, such a beautiful detail like so powerful to think of that they communicate they have language and i think about yeah as queers we do the same thing right like i can like be with a queer person and just like give them a look and be like okay we know what's good that's the communication <laughs> that's all we need to do yeah. you know and I, I think that's how it plays out too here with them oh it was so lovely thanks so much again for coming on i do thanks, I, I appreciate it you're such a big it's supporter a of the show and thank you listeners for tuning in and spending some time with us i hope you got something out of the episode as always i've absolutely loved it like this is like right up there in my top five i think really love it yeah thanks so much for tuning in don't forget to um, leave us a five-star review share your thoughts with us on instagram you could like our instagram channel all that kind of stuff and all we have to do then is say goodbye well bye everybody, bye, everybody. thanks so much bye 
Today's show is produced by Shut Up World with me, Jimmy Wilson, and special guest M. Marinelli. Copywritten material within this episode is made available to provide criticism, comment, or review, and to advance the understanding of issues which impact the queer community. For more information, please see our fair use and fair dealing statement at www.properfullongaypodcast.com.